Welcome to an ADD Woman podcast. I'm your host, Lacey Estelle, a Christian, a wife, a mother, a fellow ADHDer, a writer, and now a podcaster. This is the podcast where we talk about ADHD from a Christian woman's perspective and everything it intersects with. Our moods, our work, our relationships, the list is endless. We're going to dig deep into the core of our faith. We're putting our brains under a microscope and measuring ourselves based on the truth of God's word. It's not going to be easy, but I know it will be worth it. So are you ready to embrace joy, peace, and even some self-discipline? Or are you perfectly content with life passing you by while you procrastinate doing the dishes for the 600th time? The truth is, understanding our ADHD brains won't always be comfortable. In fact, I'd venture to say the more I know my brain, the more frustrated I can become with it. But there is wisdom in embracing it. And there is joy and peace in molding it to a mind of Christ, not of ourselves. But you have to want it. So, do you? Do you want more peace, patience, and productivity? If so, you are in the right place. I'm so excited to do this first episode of the new year with you. I would even venture to say this is probably episode one of the 2023 and ADD Woman season. So to get started, I've decided to kind of restructure how I do these episodes. And I'm going to start off basically with the scripture that I'm going to kind of talk about and expound on. So I'm really excited to do this episode with you guys. I think that this is really going to set the tone for how the whole rest of the year is going to go. And I really want to speak to this in this this place of, you know, how are we going to or how do we navigate our ADHD with our faith? You know, it's one thing to know, to know you have ADHD, to know the symptoms, to know the impulsivity, to know the behavior, to know all those things. Knowing doesn't exactly enable you all the time to do things differently. And I think that the Bible has an answer as to why that is. So the verse I'm going to talk about today, I'm reading from James 3. And James 3 specifically, I'm scrolling all the way down to James 3.13, where James says, Who is wise and understanding among you? By his good conduct, let him show his works in the meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast and be false to the truth. This is not the wisdom that comes down from above, but is earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there will be disorder in every vile practice. But the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere. And a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. So, I'm reading from the ESV, the English Standard Version. And just to give you some more context about this, and I like to listen to commentaries to kind of dig deeper into the context of what I'm trying to read and what they're really trying to convey, which to me, James is a book that seems very, even on the surface, you can basically gather what he's trying to tell you. But Matthew Henry is the commentary that I do use, and he speaks about how the apostle presents the tongue. Now, that was not in the verse that I read. It's in the verses just before. But he talks about how this, the tongue in the verses leading up to the verse I read, how the tongue is extremely hard to tame. He even goes on to say, even with age, it only becomes more and more relentless in its pursuit of setting ablaze new fires. 
he also goes on to say, Matthew Henry does, that how many sins would we be prevented if men would always be consistent? Pious and edifying language is the product of a sanctified heart. Let us aim to be consistent in our words and our actions. And I think that that part about consistency can really lean into the ADHD brain and the ADHD behavior. So something that I've been, that has been resurfacing over and over again recently for me that I've noticed is recognizing that ADHD is a, it is a set of behavior specific symptoms, which sucks if you have diabetes or if you have psoriasis. Those disorders, those diseases, they're going to show from, you know, from your body, they're going to show in a physiological way. You know, you can diagnose those things based on a set of lab tests, but ADHD is primarily seen in the nature of our behavior. And that takes a whole different perspective to look at it and really say, okay, how do I then curb this behavior. And my my question is, while I know that our ADHD and our impulsive, interrupting cow <laughs> nature, it's not explicitly addressed in the Bible, but scripture makes it abundantly clear that God understands our plights. He understands all of our struggles, and especially with ADHD, because ADHD is a set of behavior style symptoms. And that's the one thing that the Bible addresses over and over again is the behavior of men behavior of Israel, the behavior of the Jews and the Greeks in the New Testament and the Gentiles in everybody. He's constantly addressing our behavior. So what is the Christian life, if not a life of recognizing one's own behavior as self-deprecating and futile and realizing we can't possibly get it all figured out ourselves? We need God. And what is the ADHD life in contrast to that? a life of recognizing that our brain is muddied with a lifetime of defeat, trauma, and rejection sensitivity, and that again, like our own conscience and wants and desires in our Christian walk, our brain can't always be trusted to make decisions for us that are sound, logical, well thought out, and not emotionally triggered. But can it be taught? Yes. Yes, it can. Our brains can be taught. So when I was a kid and well into my teens, I loved dance. I think personally God smiles on me when he sees me dance. I genuinely do. I was a natural talent in my youth and I excelled quickly in my dance classes. So I got moved up into a class above my age group. When I hear music, I hear beats and an eight count. To this day, I still cannot clap off beat no matter how hard I try. If the music is right, I have to move. I swear it's a form of worship for me. I've spent time dancing around my kitchen completely by my lonesome and certain that the Holy Spirit is delighting and watching me act as if I'm center stage on Broadway to the latest Jeremy Camp hit. What I had at dance felt natural. If my teacher asked me to learn a new move, I could learn it. I didn't hesitate or second guess her request. Why? Because I wanted to dance. This was a major contrast to my academic career. In school, I could write well, and I could even do math when I wanted to. At least that's how it felt. Some sort of desire had to be present for me to apply myself, but this desire was fleeting. 
it would come and go, and I never knew exactly where it would show up, if it would even show up. When it would finally surface, I'd hold on to it and run with it, but then it would disappear again. Sometimes long enough for me to fail a class, fail two classes. Throughout my 20s, I struggled with this same phenomenon. I could spend countless hours finding things to do with my two small boys at the time, filling our time with the park or a project or just being outside, but I couldn't reason myself into doing the dishes until there was mold growing on them and I had no more clean cups. Why was this? Well, as James puts it so clearly in this passage about where true wisdom comes from and what it looks like in practice, my ADHD, like the rest of my flesh, is ruled by my sin nature. Now, what is sin nature? I think of it like a broken compass. Our compass, pointed north, aka to God and his glory, while we as mankind were in the Garden of Eden. But when sin entered the world, our compass became forever broken, constantly wanting to point us in the wrong direction. And the only thing that helps keep it aligned with true north these days is studying God's word and staying in prayer with him. But we always have to calibrate it. We always have to realign it to true north. Otherwise, with time, it will always start to point us in the wrong direction. That sin nature, it corrupts. It corrupts no matter what kind of brain you have. You have a neurotypical brain, great. You might struggle with anxiety and depression. There is no brain on this planet that is not being tainted by the sin that permeates all of our lives. So James tells us this. He tells us this by speaking specifically about the tongue, that the tongue is unruly, and even with age, it continues to get worse. And what can explain this apart from the fact that man has fallen? Have you ever said something you immediately wished you hadn't? Perhaps you even think about it from time to time. I, <laughs> I know I do. I have memories that seem to go on forever of silly and stupid, sometimes downright rude things I have said to other people in complete shock that they even came out of my mouth at the time. So once I was speaking to another mother about IEPs and 504s and dealing with school staff that seemed to be resistant to helping our kids. As a teacher, I knew this woman was smart about these things. I knew she understood them better than me. And I sat wanting to gain wisdom from her. Like I was genuinely listening and interested in what she had to say. Her son, the one she was referring to in regards to this conversation, is a sweet, amazing boy whom I had met several times over and who has Down syndrome. I kid you not, as I began to vent my frustrations to her and tell her how downright dumb I thought a conclusion was about my own child's academic record, I was shocked and absolutely perplexed when the words that left my mouth were, well, that was just retarded. Yep, retarded. It's a word I swear I have never used, even in this context, ever. And somehow, my tongue just let it roll. Immediately, the woman's body language shifted, and she simply said, that was rude. And I immediately, stammering, said, I'm so sorry. I can't even believe I said that. That's so unlike me. But of course, turned off to my lovely word vomit, she promptly ended the conversation and moved away from me. So yeah, I've said things, done things, fixated on things, and then thought to myself, why? Why did I do that? Sure, it's ADHD. I'm certain a lot of it is. But I'm also certain that my ADHD is exacerbated by that stupid broken compass we all have. Here's the great news. James 3.17, he says, 
But the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere. This is the wisdom that can tame the tongue. This is the wisdom that can help mold my brain to view things from the perspective of having ADHD and wanting to grow. I'm not here condemning you for having ADHD and please don't misunderstand me. I'm not here saying that ADHD is a curse or even anything of the sort. What I have found though is that so many of us look back on our lives with ADHD after an adult diagnosis and we see, we see the impulsive behaviors. We see the reckless abandonment of judgment. We see the consequences of all those actions, even if we didn't see them when they happened. Now, some of those might be good consequences. God can make good out of all of our mistakes. But many of them are things that I know we all recognize held us back from really having joy and peace. The next amazing thing about all this is the Bible says God grants us wisdom to those who ask for it. James actually states this back in his first chapter. In James 1, 5, he says, If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given him. So here's what I'm charging you with today. First, pray for wisdom. Pray for it and seek it. Read and study God's word. Gain context of scripture by finding a good church or downloading a good commentary. Personally, I really like Matthew Henry's, and you can get it on Audible. Second, apply what you learn and apply the wisdom you are granted. When you're in the thick of it and you're ready to throw away all your frustrations and your anger and you're ready to cry from your pain, ask yourself this, what is God trying to teach me through this? Now, sometimes it's obedience. It's literally just doing what he has asked of you. But sometimes it's more. It relies on him to do the heavy lifting, to hold your tongue, to follow through on your actions, to apologize when you don't feel you need to apologize, to be humble when you'd rather scream your head off. Is he teaching you to trust him and not your own selfish wants? For me, often he is. I'm so quick, and I notice even my son does the same thing. We're so quick to argue. We're so quick to defend our position. I, part of me has to admit, I gotta, gotta think that this is an ADHD thing because sometimes I find myself arguing a point and I later will kind of ask myself, I don't think I really cared about that. I think that in the moment, some part of me felt rejected. And so I had to follow that impulse of, of spewing whatever defense mechanism that I needed to, needed to create or do. And I notice my son does this too, to where he feels the need to just convince me. If he just tells me just a little bit more about why it's so important that he stays up till 1030 at night playing video games, I will just understand and I will just succumb to what he's wanting. And the truth is, I'm not going to see reason for that. I'm not. And I think sometimes in our moments of weakness, in our moments of of arguing with, you know, the people we're in relationships with, or even arguing with God, you know, we're so set that we know what's best, that we know that this is really an okay thing. And we just need for God or everybody else in our lives to be okay with it. And sometimes we need to just shut up 
We really do. The third thing I want to charge you with to do is journal this. When you feel like your ADHD is overwhelming you or you sat in your messy living room for the fourth day in a row, you can't for the life of you figure out why you can't just get up and clean it, write it all down. Write it down into a journal how you are feeling. What is your stress level like? What you've been praying about? How God is answering those prayers? Write it all down. Why? Because this is when you'll see how God is working through taking record of what he's doing in your day to day. I've done this. I've done this for years. I've journaled and I've, I've journaled randomly. I've never been able to be consistent about it. And I've always told myself that maybe that meant that I wasn't doing it the right way. But I think that what I've still found is a record of all the things that God has brought me through. You know, if you have listened to my story from my first, from last year, where I talked about ADHD in my 20s, uh, there's part one and part two. You know, there's one thing to be said of the perseverance of our faith in, in that a lot of times you can look back and see how far God has brought you. And sometimes even in those moments, you might still find yourself questioning, you know, if the one thing that you really, really want to happen just doesn't happen, could that really be good? Or I find most of the time, especially for us women, it comes out in relationships. If that one guy that we know is perfect for us just will not give us the time of day, well, then God just must not want us to be happy. <laughs> That's what we tell ourselves, right? We say like, it has to be, you know, the Ken to my Barbie or, or God just wants us to be miserable and alone forever. And it's just not true. And if you're so focused on what he's not granting you right now, you lack the wisdom he's trying to impart to you in the moment that you're in currently. So I want you to know that I'm praying for you, for all of you. I pray for all of my listeners. I pray for all of my readers. And I'm excited for 2023. I think we're going to do amazing things this year, all of us. But it all starts with gaining wisdom and clarity on who's really in charge here, who needs to really be in charge here. You know, I follow, um, I think her name's Melissa Doherty on Facebook, and she said something the other day, and it was just kind of quick and quirky, and I thought it was real cute. And she said, if God is your co-pilot, you need to change seats. And I want to tell you that that is what we're setting out here to do this year. Put God in the driver's seat and let's see how much it improves our ADHD in our lives overall. Because I am certain, I have complete faith that he's going to do amazing things through us, with us, for us. And he doesn't have to, he can mold our brain in the way he needs it to be without losing our quirkiness and our funness and our silliness and all the wonderful things we love about having ADHD, right? Because he's God and he knows what he did. He knows what he made. He knows how he made us and how he made our brains and he knows us. So we got to learn to trust him. This is the end of this episode. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you gained some insight into your brain and your Bible. I'd love to stay connected with you. So be sure to subscribe to the podcast and drop your email at our website and addwoman.com so you never miss a new episode. Remember, ADHD isn't who you are. It's how your brain is wired. You are a capable, 
talented, amazing, and beautiful woman, and God loves you and your brain.